Thank you for sharing that testimony, Patty. So awesome to step out. You know, when we, I mean, it was interesting. We gave that word about stepping out. You know, you probably forgot it, but <laughs> I just forgot. I just remembered too. And so, because you stepped out, things happened this morning. So when we, when we step out in obedience to God, that's, something's released. You know, we have to believe, and I was mentioning, uh, whether I said it or prayed it to the, in the worship, with the worship team was the ones who went first at the Jordan River was who? The priests carrying the presence of God. And if you remember in Isaiah 61, what did we learn just a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago? Who's the priest now? It's the believers in Jesus. Everybody. So everybody's a carrier. Everybody's a priest and everybody's a carrier of the presence of God. So when you take a step forward spiritually into something, the waters are going to part because you're one of the ones that's supposed to go first. You can make a way for others to walk in freedom and healing and the presence of God and joy, uh, whatever is needed in the moment. So that's so awesome. So excited for what else God's going to do in the word. We're going to take a look at uh, another verse in Isaiah 61 today. So we're going to be in verse eight. Uh, last week uh, was was so awesome. We were talking about being freed and changing our shame for a double portion and being free from shame that that Jesus has delivered us from shame that we can live. We can live shame free. We can live in freedom from shame from whatever we've done in the past, whether the past is five minutes ago or five decades ago. It's in the past and we can live free because of Jesus because of what he did, that he took our shame on the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. That's Hebrews twelve two, And so we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So I wanna, we want to go further in Isaiah 61. We're getting close to the end here. And so we will definitely finish before Christmas. I'm guaranteeing it. I'm guaranteeing we're finishing before Thanksgiving, even that. But it's been a great study. Uh, it's been great to just dig into the word verse by verse. So let's read. Let's start in verse 7. Isaiah 61 and verse 7. Well, let's start in 6. It's not going to be on the screen, but we'll start in 6 because we've referenced the priests. And it says this in verse 6. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. Remember, we're all the ministers. You will feed on the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. And now we're on verse 8 today. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. So the verse, that's the verse we're in today is verse eight. And so we're going to look at for a majority of it, the idea of justice. What is, what is justice? Am I a little ringy or is it just uh, something needs to just comment. I'll talk louder. You can bring it down a little bit. Or 
It's probably the mid-range there. But um, justice. What, what, is, what is justice? Can you still hear me, Miss Dorothy? Can you hear me? So-so? <laughs> Bring it back up a little bit, guy. <laughs> so what is, what is justice? You know what? I mean, ultimately... Justice is this. I mean, if you look at the definition, it's not very helpful in the dictionary. You know, sometimes you look in the dictionary and, you know, it just says to make a just decision. You know, it's like, okay, thank you for that. Uh, So doing things. So basically the idea of justice is to make things right. You know, justice is not about necessarily about punishment, although that could be included, but that's not foremost Uh, uh, What justice is justice, if you boil it down to its core, is things being made right. And it says right here that God not only God loves justice. That he is interested in what is right, he is interested in 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 what is what what is meant to be. You know, God created the world in justice. He created the world to be a just world, to be totally living in in righteousness and purity and goodness in kindness and so anything that's out of that it needs to be changed and brought to be made right throughout the book of psalms i'm just going to i'm going to highlight a few here they're not going to be on the screen here so i'm just going to going to read some on, some of them psalm 9 and verse 16 says the, the lord is known by his acts of justice Psalm 11 and verse 7, For the Lord is righteous, He loves justice, the upright will see His face. Psalm 33 and 5, The Lord loves righteousness and justice, the earth is full of His unfailing love. Psalm 36, Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your justice like the great deep. Um, Verse 45, or Psalm 45, excuse me. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. That's quoted later in Hebrews 1 about Jesus. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. The king is mighty, Psalm 99. He loves Justice, I will sing of your love and justice. Psalm 101, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed in Psalm 103. Psalm 97, it says clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. You know, we were singing about God ruling and reigning. And I think I actually might have that. I don't know if I have that scripture in there or not. But it says righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. So when God rules, he is ruling from a place not just of I'm in charge and I have the most strength. No, he's ruling from a place of righteousness and justice. In other words, I am here to rule and reign. The Lord reigns to make things right. That's what's happening in our world. He is working towards an end to make things right. You know, that's, that's what heaven is. That's what heaven is. Heaven is all things being made right. All things being made how they're supposed to be. Everything, every wrong that should have been punished is going to be punished. No one gets away with anything. Whether it's punished by Jesus... Or punished by hell. You know, no one gets away with anything. 
Here's the deal. In our justice system, in the United States of America, people get away from stuff, with stuff. Sometimes the wrong person is convicted and, and, and goes to prison for a crime they didn't commit. There's, there's things that happen. It's, it's unjust. It's not right. But in God's court, in God's court, everything is always perfect and made right because He judges based on His character. He brings justice based on who He is. He doesn't do it out of emotion. He doesn't do it with a bias. He doesn't do it with vengeance. He's not corrupt. He can't be bought. He can't be changed by circumstances or by people or by situations. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. That's what it's built on. So he is, he's going he's gonna to release that wherever he goes. So that's why it says in Isaiah 61, I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. Hey, if there's anything being stolen in your life, you can guarantee that God is watching and he is not, he is not happy with it. You can go, God, don't you care? He's like, yes, I do care. I'm, I am right now in the process of making all things new. And I am working toward an end where I'm making all things right. In the end, all things will be made right. All wrongs will be paid for. As I said before, no one gets away with anything. And that's good. Because what happens is what we want to do is we want to administer justice, right? We want to be the ones to take care of it. That's what, that's what it means to take vengeance on someone. You wronged me, and so now I'm going to come get you because of what you did to me. You have to pay for that. And what does it say in the book of of Romans? It says, leave no room for vengeance, for it's mine, says the Lord. I'll take care of it, in other words. I mean, this is what our forgiveness of other people is based on. That God is going to make things right. He either makes things right through Jesus and His blood, or He makes things right in the end, where anything that doesn't belong in God's kingdom, anything that's dark, anything that's wicked, anything that's not righteous will be removed. Because those are the things that are causing brokenness in our world. So justice is important to God. It should be important to us. When we see injustice around us, It's something that God is fighting for. He stands for those who are oppressed. He stands for those who are getting a raw deal. He is standing in the gap for those. That's why God has a, has kind of a heart. He says, hey, my heart is towards those who are orphans. My heart is those to, towards those who are widows, those who are in loss, those who are oppressed, those who are weak, those who have been beat down. I'm coming for them. I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to rescue them. That's why I've come. You know, Matthew 12 talks about Jesus. If you want, uh, we can turn there. Matthew 12. This is another promise about who Jesus is. When Jesus shows up on the scene, he starts acting out of who he is. Psalm, uh, excuse me, Psalm. Matthew 12, verses 18 through 20. And this is actually a quote from Isaiah uh, chap, uh, chapter 42. And it says this. This is talking about Jesus. Here is my servant, servant whom I have chosen. The one I love and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. And he will proclaim what? 
justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. Look at this in verse 20. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. So isn't it interesting... Jesus is talking about, hey, you know, in other words, if you've got a little, a reed, like a plant, you know, that's been, it's been bruised, it's been broken, he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna tear it off. He's not just gonna break it off. He's, you know, if there's a candle that's barely, that's barely burning at all, he's not gonna snuff it out. No, he's gonna, he's gonna bring justice in those situations. He's, you know, for those who are oppressed, those who are downtrodden, those who are weak, those who have been beaten down. Matthew 23 says this. I'm just trying to show you that this is God's heart. This is the heart of Jesus. This is who he is and who he's always been. Matthew 23 and verse 23. He's denouncing the Pharisees, the religious people who missed it. Who missed God himself showing up. Who missed the point of it all. Who had it all changed up. And he says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law. And then Jesus says, what are those? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So here's the deal. What Jesus is saying is this. Congratulations on giving your tithe. Congratulations. If you don't have justice, you have, that is less important than giving your tithe. Jesus didn't say it wasn't important. He just said there are some things that are more important than others. Everything is not equal in the kingdom of God. There, there's all these commandments. There's all these things that go out. But some things are weightier. Some things have more weight. What does it say? There's these three that remain. Faith, hope, and love. But what does it say? But the greatest of these is love. In other words, there's more weight on love than there is on faith and hope. So if you're putting faith above love, you have something out of order. If you put, you know, basically following the rules down to the nth degree above justice and mercy towards people, then you've got something out of order. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us to bring freedom to people, to set free those who are oppressed, not to see them stay in bondage. Whatever that is. Whether it's from their own life, whether that's been for generations, that God has a heart to make things right. His justice is based on His righteousness. It's based on His character. As I said earlier, and I'll repeat it again, some justice in our world is only based on revenge. It's only based on, let me get back at you. I'm going to make things right. Or it's based on emotion. It's based on I'm stirred up with anger, I'm stirred up with hate, or I'm stirred up with this or that. Uh, it's not based on something that doesn't change. We have corrupt justice, as I said, but here's the deal. God's justice is based on His character. You know, here's the deal. You know, in the Bible it talks about God. God is, has anger, right? Anything that's wrong, God, God is angry with. But here's the deal. God doesn't just suddenly get angry. Well, he's slow to anger. But here's the deal. God's anger is this. He is set in opposition against anything that's wrong. 
So in other words, when you step into that area of things that are wrong, it's not like he just flies off the handle and gets upset. Oh my gosh. No, it's already there. I am standing against anything that's wrong. I am standing against anything that's evil. So if you step into that, you know, it comes on you more than, you know, him, you know, it just doesn't blow up. See, we have an idea. We get angry just in the moment. It just happens and it and it blows up. God's anger is his set opposition to evil. And so here's the deal. When anybody or anything or any situation puts itself where it aligns itself with evil, God must stand against it and he must be angry with it. He cannot he cannot be good. He cannot be righteous because it's not just justice, the foundation of his throne. It says righteousness and justice. In other words, everything I'm doing is right. Everything I'm doing is perfect. Everything I'm doing is the right choice. And so when I administer justice, when I give justice, it's from who I am. I don't have to make it up. I don't have to become it. I don't have to follow a rule, a set of rules. I am my own set of rules in myself, in my character, because I do not change. I've always been good. I've always been holy. I've always been loving. I've always been, been pure. I've always been righteous. And from that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand out What's going on in life? Give righteousness. Make things right. Getting all tongue-tangled there. Sorry. Getting back to Isaiah 61. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. And it's interesting there. It's actually... The, the language there says, I, I hate the robbery uh, of, a wrong, of an offering. In other words, there's almost the, the, the idea is of somebody who's presenting something to God, but they're trying to, you know, they're selling something short. They're, they're not operating in integrity. They're not living in integrity. It's not, it's not really true to who they are. And so God says, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to have anything to do with anything that's, that's not true, anything that's not right. And so, when God is making all things right, He is bringing about His ultimate plan. So you can be assured that you can trust Him. Because really, it's an issue of trust at that point. Do I trust God to make things right, or am I going to take it into my own hands? Am I going to take revenge... Am I gonna am I gonna make somebody else pay for what they've done? Or am I gonna say, you know what? <laughs> what if I'm off? <laughs> what if my judgment we make judgments all the time, right? You all know that, right? Judgment just means make a decision. <laughs> People get into all don't judge. Well, you can't live without judging. Jesus just says, you've got to judge the right way. Choose rightly. Choose the right way. Judge with my heart. But, you know, we make judgments all the time. But what if my judgment is not perfect? Because it probably isn't. And so in that moment, I'm bringing something upon someone that might not be making things right. It might be making things more wrong. Because God's ultimate desire is what? To bring justice in the situation. 
to bring things to be aligned to his original plan, to make it look like he wanted it to look. That's where we're all headed. That's where the, why the anointing come. That's why we, we have the, the ministry of the gospel going forth, is to make things right, to bring everything into alignment with the way that God intended. And God says, in my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. In other words, God is going to be faithful to carry out what he said he will do. Have you been waiting for a long time for God to do something? He's going to make things right. I'm not guaranteeing you when the time frame is. (laughs) But he's going to do it. Exactly. That's where we put our trust is, you know what, God, I don't care what it I don't care what the situation looks like. I'm not going to take this into my own hands. I'm not going to become God. I'm not going to take your place. I'm going to I'm going to submit myself. I'm going to put myself under your mission. I'm going to be in submission to you. And I'm going to trust that what you're doing is going to work out. And my job then is to walk in obedience to what he's saying to me. What is Jesus saying to me right now? Is he saying wait? Is he saying listen? Is he saying pray? What is he saying to you? Because I get to join in with the work of God in bringing about making all things right. And see, that's the, that's the beautiful thing about the gospel is anything we see wrong in our world, the kingdom has an answer for that. The king has an answer through the kingdom and through his people. That's why he says, look, I'm sending you the spirit of the Lord to give you the anointing so that you can make things right, so that you can have the right way of seeing things. You can see things the way I see them and then you can do something about it because I've given you my spirit. You're not covered with shame anymore, so quit worrying about the past. Don't worry about where you've been. Don't worry about what you've done. I paid for that. You can now move forward, and you can carry out and make things right in this life. In my faithfulness, I will reward you. In some translations, it even says, I will give you recompense. In other words, I'm going I'm to pay back. You're going to get what I think you deserve, what I know you deserve, a double portion. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. You see, here in Isaiah, the new covenant had started yet. Jesus hadn't come yet. It's looking ahead to what would happen. You know, covenant is such a powerful thing, and we're just going to really touch on it briefly this morning because we could preach, well, I did preach a couple messages on it a couple years ago. Um, But here's the deal. Jesus, it says here, I'm going to make an everlasting covenant with you. What is a covenant? A covenant is is an agreement that is cut with blood. It's sealed with blood. And a covenant says this. If you come into a covenant with me, everything I have is now yours. All my strength is now yours. If someone fights you, they're fighting me. All my resources, all my wealth belongs to you now. We are in covenant together. So if someone comes against you, they're coming against me. And I will stand and I will fight for you. Jesus, of course, was the one that came that made the everlasting covenant. Why is the covenant with Jesus everlasting? Because he, did, he didn't stay dead. 
It says because Jesus was raised from the dead that we have now, we're in an eternal covenant. Our agreement with God is not going to run out because there's always one in heaven who says, I did that. I was there. I cut the covenant with my own blood. And now my people, everything I have is yours. My strength is now your strength. My resources are now your resources. The, if, if you're in a battle, I'm, I'm fighting for you. If someone attacks you, I'm going to defend you. Because we're now in covenant. We are now one. We have been brought together and we are as if we were one family or one tribe or one nation. And because Jesus is forever in heaven, showing the Father, hey, I'm still in covenant with these people. It's an eternal covenant forever. There's going to be a celebration in heaven for all eternity that we're going to never stop praising Him because we're going to be in such wonder of what He's done for us. God is faithful. You know, there's that story. Uh, yeah, there's a story in, uh, where is it? I didn't write it down. Luke 18. It's the parable of the persistent widow. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should not, they should always pray and not give up. And he said, in a certain town, there was a judge. So here we got the judge here who neither feared not, neither feared God, nor cared about what people thought. So in other words, this is an unjust judge. This is a, a person who's corrupt. He, he, is, he is not judging in righteousness. He is not bringing about justice over he, whatever he has jurisdiction over. And it says, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. Why, why did he refuse? He refused because he was judging based on his character. His character was corrupt and so he didn't care. He wasn't concerned with justice. He was probably just concerned with whatever would benefit himself. But, finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, keeps badgering me or pestering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and wear me out. The new NIV says, or come and attack me. (laughs) A woman on the attack is to be feared for sure, right? (laughs) Man, just a good reminder. <clears throat> that was free. Uh, and the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And then he says this, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith 
on the earth. So Jesus tells this story to say, look, don't give up. Why did it say Jesus told this parable? That you should always pray and not give up. It doesn't matter what you've seen. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter the situation you're going through right now. That God is looking at you as His covenant partner. And when you cry out to Him, He's going to make sure that there is justice served. He's going, to, he's going to make sure that things are made right. He's going to make sure that His provision is there. He's going to make sure that His power is there. Our job is to take hold of that and believe. It says, will the Son of God find faith on the earth? In other words, are you going to believe that God is who He says He is? Really, that's most of the battle. Jesus has almost done... He's pretty much taken care of everything, right? Pretty much, right? <laughs> He's done it all. What, what do we do? We take hold of that which He has done by faith. By believing that it's already been done. In other words, the covenant has already been made. How do we enter into salvation? It's by faith. I believe that Jesus actually died for me. And that if I trust Him, my sins have been forgiven. You know, has He already done the work? It's already been done 2,000 years ago. But by faith, I access it. When I begin to trust God and believe that what He says is true, it's the same thing in prayer. It's the same thing when I am believing God to make things right, to see justice in a situation. You are to believe God and trust that He is going to do what He says He will do. So don't give up. He's making all things new. It says in Revelation, Behold, I'm making all things new. Sometimes the, sometimes the justice that He wants to bring is just a... He just changes our heart. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes making things right is just like God's like, I just need to, I just need to take that out of your life. I need to make things right in you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to... We're just going to pull that out right now. <laughs> doesn't necessarily feel good, right? It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is right. And He is so committed to loving you and doing what's right that He's going to do whatever it takes to make things right in your life, even if it hurts. Because He's not judging. He's not bringing justice based on His emotion. You know, we stop because of emotion. Oh, poor that person. They're having a hard time. But God's like, no, this is this is making things right in their life. I need I needed them to go through something hard. I needed them to to press through this. I need them to feel the storm. I need them to go through the wilderness. I need them to get through this so they know I am faithful. And so when they fight a greater battle, they have the strength to believe me in that battle. I mean, that's really why. To go back to the Jordan River that the Lord has been highlighting this morning is why did, you know, why didn't God just clear out the land for them? Why didn't he say, here's the promised land and God just, you know, just kind of blow everybody out. He said, no, you got to take it. You got to you got to believe me that what I'm giving you is really yours. Sometimes you have to fight for it. Sometimes you have to believe for it. Sometimes you have to be like this widow and say, I'm going to believe for this in prayer. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep pressing in until I see a breakthrough. Because we're not coming to a God who's unjust. He's not like the corrupt judge here. He's not the unjust judge. 
But even the unjust judge with persistence gives in. How much more will our just king and father answer our prayers? So let's pray. If you'll stand with me. Just if you have something in your life right now, you're like, God, this is just not right. That's why God wants to heal bodies. Because he looks down and says, that's not right. That's not the way I created you to be. I want you to be free from that. That's why God heals hearts. When he sees your brokenness, he says, that's not right. I'm a God of justice. I'm going to make things right. I'm going to touch your heart. I'm going I'm to remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to make you sensitive to me. I'm going to make you where you can hear my voice. I'm going to make it so that you're successful. I'm going to make it so that you live in abundance. I'm going to make it so that you're prosperous. I'm going to make it so that you have wisdom, that you are an overcomer, that you are one who, who breaks off the bondage of the past. You are one who goes deeper with God. You are one who's close to God. You are one who's full of love and compassion. You are one who people look to for the answers because it's been given to us by the one who is the answer and so father right now i just pray any situation you have right now in your life just present it to jesus right now we are offering up to you these things and believing god that you are the same yesterday today and forever you are the one who will make things right god and we say right now god make these things right the things that are on our hearts, the things that are wrong with our own lives. God, make our hearts right. Make our minds right. Make our mouths right. Make our families right. God, make our kids right. Lord, make the things that we've seen go wrong, our finances, people have stolen from us, they've cheated. Make things right. Thank you for restoration, God. I pray for restoration in the lives of people today. In Jesus' name, that what has been stolen from them by the enemy will be given back sevenfold. God, we thank you that seven times we'll get back. We'll receive more than that was taken because we're trusting in you that you are a good God. And you have the power to carry out what you said you will do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for encouraging us, Lord. For those of us that have been praying for someone or something for a long time, Lord, I just pray right now that we would not give up. That no one would give up on anything they're praying about right now. If we need to hear no, let us hear no. But if we don't hear no, let us keep praying until we see the breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen.